0: If you would like to support Giving Light financially, visit our Give Online page to choose the best giving method for you. Thanks again for joining us, and enjoy this message. I'd like, to, uh, I'd like for you to open, if you have your Bibles, or open your phone app to uh, Amos chapter, chapter 3. You know, we have, um, well, let me just read it. Amos chapter 3, verse 2, it says, Can two walk together unless they are agreed? That is a question. Do you think you can answer that? Can two walk together unless they be agreed? Well, the answer to that is no. Or if they do, it's not very good. If they're, not, if they're not in agreement, then there is friction. Have you ever had friction in a relationship? I was just thinking today, I've been married 43 years. And in our walk together, there has been friction. And during that time, there is not much agreement. But when you get into agreements. Heaven starts to manifest. Thank you, Lord. You're kind of quiet today. Can two walk together unless they be agreed? Well, I'm going to ask you a question. Is it possible for you to walk with the Lord and not be in agreement with him? I want to share with you today that God, I've already said this, that God believes his own word. And if we are at this, and if we are at odds with his word, or if we are disagreeing with his word, he say, "Well, pastor, I don't disagree with his word; I just don't do it." <laughs> then you are in disagreement with his word because uh, because belief requires action. And so I want to talk about today the uh, walking with the Spirit, and uh, we there was a lot of. Uh, There was a lot of uh, talk of revival today. I want to just give you my definition of revival. Revival is not, to me, a two-week, three-week, or four-week meeting of church meetings. Revival is when God pours out His Spirit upon individuals, and they begin to manifest and walk like Christ. you know that thing, you know me walking around today and praying for people? I didn't want to do that. I sensed the presence of the Lord upon me and the Lord just a still small voice. I mean there was only one time. He said, I want you to lay hands on everybody and he didn't repeat it. And I'm just thinking in my mind well you know maybe maybe this maybe and i thought am i going to obey the lord or not right. i thought well what if nothing happens he didn't ask me to judge whether anything happened or not he just said to do what i to do it and so therefore i did it and so i just thank the lord i believe that god is pouring out his spirit upon all flesh. He says, in the last days, in the latter days, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young, young men shall see visions, your old men will dream dreams. And then he says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved there are salvation is an all-inclusive term it does mean that we receive Christ into our hearts we believe him we make him lord of our lives and therefore we are on our way to heaven but that's only the beginning you're just at the starting line at that point point. The reality is, is when you receive salvation, you have Jesus come into your heart, the Holy Spirit comes into your life, and the kingdom of God begins to manifest. What is the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God is when Christ becomes king and we do what he says. Now, I couldn't have said that if I'd have said, no, I'm not going to pray for everybody. But I said, yes, I'm going to do it whether I feel like it or not, whether or not, whether anything happens or not. I'm just going to obey the Lord. And I believe that as we obey the Lord, we're going to see the results either then or in the future. And I don't believe it's very far. I don't believe it's very far. But, you know, when I went to Bible school, which was a long time ago, before a lot of you were born, Really? Were you around in 79? Nope, didn't think so. But anyway, when I went to Bible school, there, there was a phrase that was constantly repeated, the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. The Holy Spirit is a gentleman. Well, if you read the Bible, can, can let me just say it this way. The Holy Spirit is a gentleman sometimes. Sometimes he comes on us like a dove. When Jesus was baptized, the Holy Spirit came down in the form. He wasn't a dove. He came down in the form of a dove. When he came down on the day of Pentecost, was he a gentleman? Rushing mighty wind, tongues of fire, and they were accused of being drunk. You know, we've uh, we've had church meetings in the past. I was talking with my wife about this. I said, I want the power of the Holy Spirit to be demonstrated in people's lives where we see change. I'm not just here to get a goose bump. I'm not just here to to shake a little bit, even though, hey, if God wants me to shake, I'll shake, rattle and roll. The reality is, is what is the Spirit doing in my life and what am I what is he doing to make me to become more like Christ? There are some of you here that have been struggling with issues, I'll just say it, with sins for year and year and year and year year after year after year. But the reality is when the Holy Spirit comes in your life in power, you will not struggle with it anymore because he will eradicate it from your life as you yield yourself to his power and anointing. And we could go out throughout the Bible to show you that the Holy Spirit is not always a gentleman. You know, I was just thinking today as we, we were singing about revival. I remember reading uh, reading a testimony about uh, a pastor that was having revival, had had revival, and you know, like was said earlier um, during the worship time that we want revival more than a month, a week. We want it more, we want it, but the reality is is revival is dependent upon us. Charles Finney said revival revival quits a lot of times because the saints get tired. They get tired of having meetings. They get tired of the they get tired of it. Well this one pastor I was reading after he said sometimes the sometimes revival doesn't go and let me define my revi- my definition of, of revival it's when the holy spirit comes on us in power, not just meetings, but the power of Christ comes in us to bring a transformation and a change. When the Spirit of God comes upon us, we will not be the same. Right. You know, you might have a moment uh, a moment where somebody might think you are have a moment of temporary insanity, but after that period, how are you walking? How are you walking? How are you manifesting Christ? Do you know that God does not have a Western mindset? God does not have a Western... What is a Western mindset? It's materialism and rationalism. Some of us have rationalized the way our blessing. Like I was standing there, I don't want to do this. I was rationalizing in my head why I didn't want to obey God. Uh, No, I'm going to obey God. Materialism. I'm not just talking about getting stuff. You say if it can't be if it can't be seen, smelt, heard, or tasted, how many of you know the Bible says God is a spirit? Therefore, you're not necessarily going to see Him with your eyes. One day you will see Him. You might not smell Him. You might not taste it. I remember. Uh, I remember this is years ago. I was going to Bible school and I was working at a construction company and they were all heathens. But lo and behold, they all got saved. They all gave their lives to Christ, and this was in Tulsa. But uh, my boss actually drove home to Oklahoma City, which was a few hours away. And he said, he said his whole family got his whole family received Christ, and they were one evening they were just praying, they were worshiping, and there was this sweet smell of lilac, just filled the room sweet smell of lilac. He said there's no lilac bushes around. But the Holy Spirit ascended into that place. Ascended in that place and they could smell the aroma of Christ. They could smell the aroma of Christ. So where was I at? Okay. The Holy Spirit is does not always act as a gentleman, I took some notes and I put it on my phone, so excuse me, I have to get my phone out. It's one thing nice about having a phone that with a tablet, you can, write when the thoughts come to you, you can just go right to it. Um, I want to share with you some, some people. Well, there was the Holy Spirit, let me just say this, God, God does not want timid warriors. God does not want timid warriors, but anointed warriors to be like David. Now, we're not fighting against flesh and blood, okay? We're fighting against those things, and when I say fight, one of the, one of the songs said, my, we- my weapon is a melody. Sometimes your your destruction of the enemy will come because you have decided, I don't feel like it, but I'm going to worship my God, and I'm going to raise my hand, or whatever. I'm going to worship my God, and I'm going to do it whether I feel like it or not. Lord, you're worthy whether I feel like you are or not. I'm going to worship you. Do you know that most of the warriors in the Old Testament were timid and didn't want to fight? I'll just give you a name of a few. Some of you might recognize them, some not. There was a a warrior, a general by the name of Barak. And he didn't want to go to fight. But the prophetess called him out. So didn't God tell you to go fight? And he says, well, I will if you come with me. Well, she did, and he didn't get the glory for it. It was Jael that drove the nail into the man's head. He, she took a, a tent peg and a mallet, and first of all, she gave him milk instead of water. He was just in a battle. He covered up. He was laying there, fall, he fell asleep, and she drove the point home <laughs> through his temple. There's also Gideon. Do you know Gideon didn't want to fight either? Gideon didn't want to fight. you know the apostles were timid until the Holy Spirit came on them? Saul of of Tarsus was not timid. He was a murderer until the Holy Spirit came came upon him and he became the, the apostle of love. He wrote 1 Corinthians chapter 13. He went from murdering Christians to becoming the apostle of love. I'm talking about when the Spirit of God comes upon you, there is going to be a change in you. I don't know if I said this. I was going to say it, but I'll say it again just to make sure I get it across. You'll not have revival unless you love it. Some of you'll understand that you'll not have revival unless you love, because revival is not always pretty. Revival is not always tame. If really, if we would, if you read through church history, you will see where revival gets pretty wild. But it's not the it's not the manifestation of the wild. It's how they were changed. After it was over. Do you know that Charles Finney, and if you read some of his, his things, you think, man, that's wild. But he preached in a town, and the bars were shut down for 10 years because everybody got, gave their hearts to the Lord, and nobody wanted drink. The bar sh- I would say that is, a mag- that is God when something happens in people's lives. There's change. There's change. Well, I, uh, my point was to say that, um, well, let me just, I've already read this, but can two walk together except unless they are agreed? So we've got to agree with what God says because he believes his own word. We've got to believe what the Bible says about the Holy Spirit, and he's not always a gentleman. Say, well, pastor, can you prove that? Well, I wouldn't be saying it unless I could. I always kind of have this mind, you know, um, well, I have this mind that, you know, even when people are talking, and and I'm always, when they're talking, my mind is thinking, how does that line up with the Word? How does that line up with Scripture? Not that I'm trying to test them, but it's just an automatic response. But, uh, yeah, that's where I'm going. Ephesians. Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 6, he tells us to put, he tells us to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. You know what? You don't need to wear yourself out. Turn to somebody and say, you do not need to wear yourself out. You don't need to wear yourself out fighting the, the enemy, Why is that? Because he said to be strong in the Lord, not your strength, in his strength. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. In the power of his might. And then he tells us to put on the whole armor of God, and then we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, rulers of darkness of this world. But I also want to point out that Jesus said... As the Father has sent me, even so send I you. Let me ask you a question. In any place in the New Testament, do you see Jesus wrestling with the devil? You never do. Jesus, just, Jesus spoke to it, said, come out. And he didn't even say in Jesus' name. He just said, come out. Now, we use Jesus' name because that is our, that is our reference of authority. And we, we say it because we are aligning ourselves with him. Holy Spirit's not always a gentleman. He goes on to say in um, somewhere here in Ephesians 6, he says, uh, taking, verse 16, taking the helmet of salvation, or take, above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Now, those fiery darts are darts that go right to your mind. The battlefield is between your two ears. It's between your two ears as to what, because that's where, that's the, that's one of the places where, well, we already believe in our heart, but the mind gives us a problem because we are rationalizing everything. With our mind, we're rationalizing everything, so the fiery darts come at our mind. Therefore, we have to lift up that shield of faith so that we can quench every fiery dart of the wicked. And I don't have time. I wish I could talk about that for a moment, but I can't. Because you want to get out of here sometime today. But he says... In verse 17, taking the helmet of salvation and the sword of the the Son of God. Taking the sword of God. No, it's the sword of the Spirit. Remember I said God, God doesn't raise up timid warriors. I want you to know that the Holy Spirit is not just not just come on us like a dove on the wings of a snow white dove. God sends his pure sweet love, a sign from above, on the wings of a dove. All right, he showed up. He's there. Now he wants to make you a warrior. He wants to make you a warrior. And I want to talk for a moment about swords. This is supposed to be a replica of Solomon's sword. And he says to take the sword of the spirit. Well, you know, I was in the military. And everything we did, we had to be trained for. And we not only were trained for it, but we had to practice it. I was, uh, I was in the engineering department. I was an engineer. And one of the responsibilities of the engineer was damage control. You know, when you're out, you know, you're never far from land, seven miles, but it's straight down. You're never that far from land. You, so when your ship is attacked and it is sinking and on fire, you have to take care of that or you're going to what they call Davy Jones Locker. In case you don't know where Davy Jones Locker is, that's seven miles down. So you do everything you can for damage control. And so since I was an engineer, I was part of the damage control party. It wasn't a party. But there was two, two places that we, would, that we would have to put out fires in practice. This is this a drill, this is a drill. Fire in the paint locker. Well, it's all all oil-based paint. So you had to drag out the hoses. You had to put on the gear. You had to drag all that stuff out, and there's no fire in the paint locker. (laughs) Because it is a drill, but you do it time after time after time after time. Why? Because... When it, when it really happens, then you won't have to think about it. You won't have to remember where you put the stuff. You won't have to remember your particular job in the party. The other place was fire in the hole. Fire in the hole. Where's the hole? The hole is down below the deck where the boilers are and the engine room is. So you're carrying all your, all your stuff down the ladders so that you can put out a fire that's not there. <laughs> but when it really happens, then, you know, I was on a ship called the USS Laffey. Some of, if you, if you want an interesting story, go on YouTube and put, uh, type on USS Laffey. The USS Laffey became famous in World War II because it was hit by seven kamikaze planes, and they kept it afloat. Do you know why they kept it afloat? Because they practiced, did their thing, and when it happened, they were able to do damage. There was a lot of men killed. You know, you have to sometimes do what other people do. Now, think about this. You, may, you might say, well, I'm not ever on a ship. You're in a fellowship. <laughs> and sometimes the arrows fly, and sometimes the bullets fly, and sometimes the fire starts out, and sometimes you're sinking. It looks like you're going down. But like the guy said, don't give up the ship because you're only seven miles from land. (laughs) Now, back to this. The sword of the Spirit. Could you hold this? Can you imagine, you know, a battle lasts more than two minutes. Can you imagine just this? You know, about three minutes, you're ready to put it down. This actually is a sword that you need two hands. You know, you're swinging it around. It's my, it's my chance. It was an accident, judge. So anyway, you're, you're, you're striking at the enemy. You, you can sit down. I'm not gonna. But you know, when Paul was talking, he was talking about the Roman soldier. The Roman soldier had his, this is actually a present I got when I was a teenager. So anyway, the, the, Roman, the Roman sword was a little bit longer than this, but didn't have one, so. They're holding their shield and they're sticking them, sticking them. We'll say that, the, that this is the Logos. This is the whole Word of God. You don't need to throw the whole Word of God at the devil. But you do need need the sword of the Spirit. You get saved and the enemy comes to you and says, you're not really saved. Scripture says, those who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I better get away. <laughs> I'm not as young as I used to be. I might fall. <laughs> have, you ever been, have you ever been prayed for and you received a healing and then later on the pain come back? I'll guarantee you, every time you get prayed for, it's always going to come back. Doesn't the Bible say, Jesus said, when you cast out a spirit, it goes into dry places seeking rest and finding none. But it goes back and it sees the house that it left is swept and put in order. Then it goes out and finds seven other spirits worse than than himself and comes back and occupies the house. And the last state of the man is worse than the first. So they always try to come back. So this is what we need you to do. When you're prayed for and you sense the release, the enemy's gonna try to come back. But the Bible says, by His stripes I'm healed. I refuse you. Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Forget not all His benefits. You know what? If uh, If you worked for 30 years and you retired and you were getting benefits and they didn't show up in the mail, do you think you'd forget about it? No, 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 no. You'd be going to talk to somebody. Well, the Lord says, don't forget my benefits. He says, he forgives all our iniquities. He He heals all our diseases. That is a sword. You don't have to throw the whole Bible. Just give him the point. Depression comes your way. What do we do about it? Thank you, because I was searching. What am I going to say? The joy of the Lord is my strength. The Lord is the strength of my life. Just throw something at me. What, is there something that somebody else, I know you don't struggle. Is there something that somebody else struggles with? Inferiority. Enemy comes. You, you're nothing. You're nobody. Nobody loves you. Well, the scripture says that he has made you a king and a priest unto our God. Take that, devil. I am a king and I am a priest. I'm accepted in the beloved. For God so loved the world, and I'm a part of it. Are you part of it? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. What's the next verse? That's a good one. You ought to know it. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. You get under condemnation? It's not God. God didn't send his son to condemn me, but that that through him I might receive salvation. Anybody else? Well, I'm so lonesome, I could cry. I I, I think I sang it a week or two ago, but I'm so lonesome, I could cry. He has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you that I may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what can men do unto me. Let me put, put this away before something happens. But do you get the point? You don't have to take the whole Bible and throw it at the devil. You take the scriptures. Oh, that's another scripture I wanted to, wanted to say. It's in Second 2 Tim, Second Timothy I won't. 2 Timothy, it says, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. That's the same thing as practice. That's the same thing as getting to know the scripture so that you know how to respond in an attack you might say well you know I don't I don't I don't know about this I'm going to tell you God believes his word whether you believe it or not do you know you can you know there's a lot of people that say I don't believe the Bible do you know it doesn't change God's mind whether you believe it or not You say, I don't believe in hell. That doesn't change one thing. Because hell is still there. I don't believe in heaven. I believe once you die, it's done. Well, the reality is God believes in heaven. And he told me that if I would receive Christ as my Savior, then he, Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, then I'm going to come again and I'm going to receive you to myself. You know, we do get sad when people die. But they're not sad. They are not sad. If they've accepted Jesus, they're not sad. Paul said, Paul said, um, he said, for, uh, to, to die is far better. He just didn't say it's better. He said it's far better. That doesn't mean we're supposed to end it ourselves. But we've got something to look forward to. But the reality is, is we've got, God wants us to have something to look forward to now. Thank you, Lord. What, what is it going to take? It's going to take knowing. It's going to take, first of all, we have to believe that God believes his word. You know, whatever he says about you, he means it. Whatever God says about you, he, God believes it. God says, when you receive Christ, I'm making you righteous. What does righteous mean? What does righteous mean? What does righteous mean? It means that I am in right standing with God. I can go into the presence of God without any fear, without any anxiety, knowing that I'm totally accepted in in him. But the also, the other part of it is when I know that I am righteous, I can stand right in the presence of the devil and I can be there without any sense of fear, anxiety, or inferiority. We have got to believe what the scripture says about us because God believes it. He believes it. Man, I was just, that's just the introduction. <laughs> Let me just, can I just give you a couple of swords points? Thank you, Jesus. There we go. These are called cans for success. Repeat this, please, if you want to, because how can two walk together except they be agreed? Why should I say I can't? When the Bible says I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I want you to know I've been confessing these for years and they give me strength every in my spirit they give me strength every time i do it every time why should i lack, should I lack? knowing, knowing that, my that my god supplies all my need, all my need. according to his riches and glory by christ jesus i to get that. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, that's another thing about the Roman sword. The more they used it, the sharper it got. Because they, when they put it in their sheath and pulled it out, it sharpened it. So if you're getting a little dull, start using it. Why should I fear? Why should I fear? When the Bible says... God has not given me the spirit of fear, fear. but a power, love, and sound mind. mind. Why should I doubt doubt? or lack faith, faith. knowing that God has allotted to each of us us. a a measure of faith? Now, God's given us that measure, but we have got to exercise it to increase it. Why should I be weak? Why I be weak? The Bible says, the Lord is the strength of my life. And the people who know their God, the know their God. Shall, carry shall carry out great exploits, great exploits. And, be and be strong. This is what I wanted to get to. Why should I allow Satan to have supremacy over my life? For greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. The more we acknowledge God's Word, the more the enemy shrinks. The scripture says to magnify the Lord with me. You don't mag- when you magnify something, it doesn't get bigger. It just becomes bigger to you. So as we magnify the Lord, he becomes bigger to us, and the enemy gets smaller and smaller and smaller. But the point of all of this is to hunger for more of the Holy Spirit because he Is going to bring about the change. And let me just say this without the Holy Spirit, even saying what we just said is not as effective as when the Holy Spirit empowers us. I don't care who you are. If you, if you, Will allow If you call upon the Holy Spirit asking for more, I've been filled with the Holy Spirit, but you know what? I leak. I need more. I need more of the Lord. I need more of his strength. I need more of his power. Those who hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. Well, Heavenly Father, we come before you in the name of Jesus, and we thank you. For the Holy Spirit, Lord Jesus said, no man can come unto me unless the Father draws him. So I'm asking you, Holy Spirit, to be to draw people to the Lord, to draw people to a saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, that they would know his strength, know his power, know his love, know his anointing, and know the kingdom of God can... Can come into them. Father, I ask right now if there's anyone here and you sense the Holy Spirit tugging on your heart to receive more of Him or to receive Jesus as Lord, I just ask you to raise your hand. We'll pray with you. Thank you, Lord. We magnify you, we give you thanks, praise, and honor, and glory. Well, I didn't see any hands, but let's pray. Let's pray this together. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit to come into my life to bring change and transformation that Christ might live in me And that the world would know that he is alive, he is risen from the dead, that he's seated at your right hand, and that he's coming again. Lord, we submit our lives to your spirit and to your word, in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to ask the healing team to come up at this time.